You're listening to Dead Candy. Dedicated entertainment for the dead. Slash the Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Da, 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 Start spreading the kills. Okay, Danny, we got to do this. I'm leaving Camp Crystal Lake today. Okay, well, we got to do this. I want to be a part of it. Jason takes Manhattan. All right, okay. Yay, all right. All right. Then I he's wanted done. to be a part of it. Thank God he's done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard it here. It's Jason takes. Manhattan. Part eight in the Friday the th- the franchise frithry. <laughs> Friday the thirteenth franchise. Uh this is part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Why? I don't know, Lance. Um Do you think it's sort of like let's see what sticks? Like, do we really need to get him out of his element at this point? We've killed him how many times? We've Stuck him to the bottom of the lake how many times? Twice. Uh, we've <laughs> we've forced him against Tommy Jarvis and now Carrie. And what else is left? What else is left uh, besides making a... We can't make a Freddy versus Jason yet, so no, let's... Still trying, but that didn't happen. So it's Jason takes on the New York subway system. Pretty much. New York is its own villain. Jason <laughs> takes on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, yeah, like there was some ideas for this to be a sequel to the uh, to the part seven, but they didn't really happen. The studio basically went, eh, let's just get somebody new. Uh, so just- time. <laughs> time and time again, Lance, people don't look before they leap. Yeah. That's that's fair. This is probably one of those are like it made it past the first round of pitches and someone said, fuck yeah. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jason takes on Manhattan. Yeah. Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, we were supposed to get a sequel uh to part seven. It didn't work out. There was a couple of different versions of that. We we're supposed to have some of the actors come over. That didn't work out. So we get a brand new filmmaker from Universal just came over to Paramount. Gets a chance to make a Jason movie. Why not? He had, so he basically had two ideas for this movie. Okay. And one was Jason actually goes to New York. It's an epic. You squeeze everything out of New York that you can. All right. Another one was Jason's on a big ship with a bunch of kids and he's kind of stuck in the boiler room or the uh, steam room of the ship. You know, he's he's down there. 
kind of a thing. And he comes up and kills a bunch of kids on a boat. So we got both of those in one movie, kind of. Yeah. It's Jason Takes Manhattan, but it mostly doesn't take place in Manhattan. Mostly. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. Uh, Big ideas, big uh, dreams, or, or just... Yeah, big ideas that were just going to be a little too expensive. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Um, but we were sold a New York film, Jason in New York. Dude, if you've watched the trailer for this film, it was like people didn't know what was going on. So it starts with a New York sky scrape, right? The sca- <laughs> scape. Yes. scape. The skyscape. There we go. Scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Okay. There we are. <laughs> So it starts with the New York skyline and all the familiar buildings. And it does start with how I started this pod very uh, beautifully, by the way, uh, with uh, Star Spray in the News, the instrumental by Frank Sinatra yeah. is kind of playing there. And it's got a slow pan down and it shows someone watching or looking upon the harbor. Yeah. And it's just the back of someone. They're like, okay, it's nothing crazy. Starts zooming in slowly and zooming in slowly. And it's just like, wait a minute. What am I looking at here? That person looks really friggin' slimy. (laughs) And they turn around and it's the hockey mask wearing slasher favorite Jason Voorhees is back, baby, but in Manhattan. And that's what the trailer with a lot of like moments of people screaming in. It looked like they were in Manhattan. And that's it. Title card. Jason takes Manhattan. This time it's, you know, Metropolitan or whatever the case, whatever the tagline <laughs> was. But the, the point is, is that as a fan, you hear that, you see that and you go, holy crap. The problem with the amount of kills we got at Camp Crystal Lake, there weren't enough people. We wanted more. Oh, Can yeah. you imagine if Jason sure. wreaked havoc on an entire city the size of New York? Anyway. I guess. I think the tagline's right there, by the way. Oh, the tagline is right here. New York has a new problem. Yeah, I like that okay enough, but this one is the better one. The Big Apple's in big trouble. <laughs> That's the tagline. Okay, I want to get right into something really fast, but we got some business got to take care of. I like to take care of it really early. Sure. Uh, we have a game here called Slash Word. Danny, what is Slash Word? Slash Word, Lance, is the horror version, the Slasher's Paradise version of the popular game Password, wherein whenever you hear the password, or in this case, the slash word said by either myself or Lance said, take a drink of your favorite beverage of choice. It can be alcoholic. It cannot be. We just ask that you play along because it's a lot of fun to play slash word. Exactly. And every time we have a slash word, we have a special guest calling in to Slashers Paradise to give you, the listeners, uh, the slash word. So... Today, our special guest is... Well, he is a fan favorite for anyone who loves 80s comedians named after (laughs) Wild Cats. I know where this is going. Ladies and gentlemen, I got Bobcat Goldthwaite to call in and give the slash word for this episode of Slasher's Paradise. Wow. Yeah. uh, Bobcat does love a good Jason Takes Manhattan. 
Did you know that? I did not know that. I actually don't know if that's true. Hey, you learned it here first. (laughs) In Slash's Paradise, Bobcat is a fan of Jason Takes Manhattan. All right, Bobcat, you're on the line. What is the Slash word of the night? Oh, uh, the Slash word is uh, fish. Because, like, Jason looks like a fish at the end. All right. Thank you very much there, uh, mm. Mr. Bobcat. Mm-hmm. I love Bobcat Goldthwait, a huge fan, and I'm glad he called in. All right, Danny, give us our very basic breakdown. The Pina Killada for Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. All right. So the Pina Colada by Danny Gonzalez for this uh, iteration, Jason Takes Manhattan, is as thus. <laughs> Jason is accidentally woken up from his watery grave by being electrocuted from someone on a boat who is dragging an anchor and in so returning from the dead stalks a bunch of graduating seniors who are on a boat to Manhattan and takes it after that. <laughs> and that's your pina killada. <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs> the breakdown for the film uh, was released July 28th. 1989 the budget was five million dollars the box office was 14 million point mm. three uh that is about seven million dollars less than our last movie just one year ago unfortunately bummer uh it was written and directed by the same person rob hedden uh and the movie stars uh jensen daggett scott revis peter mark richmond and kane hodder mm. back from the dead um <clears throat> Uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I know it's a struggle, but, uh, you know, you got to take it. <sighs> okay. So the one thing I wanted to say about this movie, there was something about New York in this time of film, this era of film. Yep. 1989, 90, 91. There's a couple movies shot during this time. And then remember that Paramount's trying to match Jason up with a couple people. Uh-huh. Um, particularly for me. <laughs> the films that were shot in New York at this time, I would love to see the matchup. (laughs) Jason versus the Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. Versus Batman, even though he's in Gotham, some of it was shot in New York, but the way the big city was shot back then, because our opening and our end is in New York and it's shot mostly in alleys. uh, I want that matchup. Just, it reminds me of each other, the way that they're filmed and New York as this, punk-filled crime wave city. <laughs> hey, Jason, what are you doing? Is that a machete? <laughs> Was that Raphael? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Manhattan? You gotta understand what Crystal Lake is before Manhattan. I uh, don't know where I was going, but... Uh, I just want to see that matchup. I just, they're, they're, they're trying to get matchups anyway. Why not? Casey Jones, okay, is wearing his mask. Kind of looks like hockey mask. Yes, it does. Jason has a mask that is a, is a hockey mask okay yeah. they look at each other and then fight there's another connection here who's the voice of one of the turtles one of the turtles of uh, donatello is voiced by Corey feldman hello tommy jarvis oh hey mikey you ever think about what splinter was saying you know like not having them anyway this has turned into the ninja turtles podcast the dome head okay <laughs> love it <laughs> tommy jarvis was supposed to be a part of this film as well they're trying to bring tommy jarvis back as My desperately as they can but they can't unfortunately do it uh budget cuts casting cuts story cuts 
cuts, 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 deep cuts with Danny. But we were gonna, <laughs> we weren't gonna shy away from the deep cuts that we know and love for the genre that has been well slasher movies up to this point. But we have a full-on formula for Friday Thirteenth movies. Case in point, we want boobies apparently right away not even (laughs) folks five minutes in not even five minutes in do we get our first nudity shot of uh well the perpetrators of who actually resurrected jason so it starts with two um uh two individuals two adults who are chilling on a yacht apparently yachts are now just like going into camp crystal lake as well as full-on cruise ships can we just talk about that yeah we can uh one they're high schoolers, mm-hmm. and they're captaining this yacht by themselves. Well, you know how these New England, East Coast, trust fund kids are, Muffy and Buffy <laughs> and Chip and Douglas. You know, they're just like- <laughs> What a fool. Chip Douglas. Uh, they have, they, they're probably like, yeah, I'm going to take my dad's yacht out, and we can go and have our own time. Hey, you know- I had fun times when, but I took my parents' vehicles out. In this case, this person's vehicle was the yacht. Got a very nice yacht. I also, mean, very nice. Why is Camp Crystal Lake running power through a loose power line running through the lake? I will I don't say though, understand that. I don't know a lot about power lines, Lance. <laughs> Just power line from the Goofy movie. That's about it. Okay. And uh, when I was in the back seat of the car going on road trips, looking at the power lines going up and down, and then you were doing... Anyway, that's very, very specific. But what I do know about this power line, that is a thick power line that should not have been compromised but yet when you drag an anchor on it i mean it's just laying at the bottom of a lake well that's i don't understand that it power and also also jason's crotch is right on top of it so like he is actually electrified through his crotch region which is what and, and <laughs> resurrects we, him again and what we all know and lance you know this i know this if, if you are going to be resurrected for the third time or fourth time it has to start from the crotchal region it's got to be a jolt quite a jolt <laughs> <laughs> touche man <laughs> um i will say this though uh they at least for what we signed up for they're like yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get ridiculousness from the beginning yeah although did they need to catch us up on the lore of jason as that that kid does in the beginning he tells the jason story we don't need to fucking hear the story we don't need to hear how bad our bruce wayne's parents died again we get it we know the story he was a kid he drowned the lake and now he wants the lake when he yeah. brings it up, he does it again. Like, like I, just I feel to catch like, everybody up. Yeah, I feel like it's just the constant now. Like, we got to bring it back. We do it every movie. Why not? You know, <laughs> like, uh, sure, sure. Did you not watch the last seven, eight movies? Well, here it is. I mean, if it was just called Jason Takes Manhattan, fine. But it is literally Friday 13th, part eight. Yeah. And <laughs> you're not on board yet. Get on I don't board. Even, <laughs> exactly. I don't even know, Lance. Maybe I did. Maybe I missed it, but I don't remember them really referencing Friday the 13th, the date, since I think like part six. No, there's actually uh, spaces of time, years between these movies, technically, even though they're going, we're still year to year. Right. We're getting an annual Friday the 13th. Now there's technically space between them. Lance. Uh, Yes. I said something on the last episode that I would like to revisit. Okay. 
you remember when I said that Kane Hodder was not my favorite, Jason? Yes. I still stand by that. Okay. But if it was not clear how much awesome, super, massive respect I have for the man Kane Hodder, allow me to elaborate. There was a scene, apparently, where Jason is on the ship and he's stalking around and he's looking through those ship windows as... Portholes? Sure. And (laughs) apparently... There was supposed to be, because there's a dog in the movie, there was supposed to be a moment where Jason kicks the dog. Oh, no. To make his entrance somehow, some way. And Kane Hodder, I think they actually, you know, stunt filmed it with a you know, trained dog and stuff. He said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to kick the dog. That's too much. Kane Hodder, my absolute freaking dude, said... No kicking dogs here. We're not going to do that shit. And they didn't do it. I think what his actual quote was, I'm not fucking Michael Myers. I'm not kicking a dog around here. <laughs> Michael doesn't kick dogs. The man in black kicked the dog. Michael eats them. He does not eat dogs. <laughs> anyway, where the hell are we? Have you ever been to New York? I have. I have. I was. Uh, I went to New York, Lance, as a chaperone for a school trip. Oh, okay. They did the whole East Coast. Oh, wow. Thing. That's very relatable to this. Okay. Yes, I was. I was a cool chaperone, right? Because the bus has to go from point A to point B. So it's like they did like it's like Washington D.C. So it's like one of those educational trips. It's Washington D.C. Oh my God, and they, very relatable. This is insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go to Boston, Pennsylvania. They do all these places, and of course, one of the stops is new york they go to the empire state building the statue of liberty and all this cool stuff so when i went i want to go back obviously as not a chaperone it's not like i want to like go nuts but like you know there was moments where i wanted to just go like you know explore and stuff like that so um yeah i yes the answer is yes i've been there and i was the cool chaperone because when you're on the bus going from like oh we got to go from this town to that town i would get on the mic because it's like a charter bus and i would just do impersonations not that I ever do them here in the Slash oh Paradise. Oh, my God. <laughs> a guy you've been doing it your whole life. I uh, love it. Have you been? Uh, yeah, I've been. I went and during the summer one year uh, for about a week or two. What'd you do? Uh, I just explored. It's incredibly easy to get lost in New York. And, Very much. Uh, if you just kind of wander around. I mean, there's something around every corner. Yeah. Kevin it's, McAllister did it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he was lost in New York. He did get lost in New York. Uh <laughs> And he did quite well for himself. Let me right. say, he lived it up. Stay the new celebrity ding dang dong. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's pretty hard to be found in New York uh, if you're trying to get lost. Anyway, well, that so so think about that and look, it's wildly ridiculous and wildly stupid as a plot point, as a pitch for Jason to be taken to Manhattan. And wreak havoc there. However, given what you're saying and given the actual facts that New York is vast and and you can get lost in there. Imagine if he was given full range or we were able to see that sort of imagination on the screen of him given full range to wreak havoc. Go nuts. What would Jason do for real, though? Yeah. Because honestly, folks, we don't get to see that in this movie. We get to see a very small bit and piece here and it feels edited it feels contained jason yeah i would love to see maybe in like a graphic novel or an animated something where you can like 
just let him go nuts. Yeah, exactly. The concept is interesting, but like we've kind of said before is like Jason kind of protects his territory. He kills anyone in his territory. So then you put him in New York. Why is he going to hunt the specific people in New York so, when he's yeah. got a fucking smorgasbord that he can go go to town on and do whatever he wants in a big city, you know? So are you ready for justification theory real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was like, I think I heard this. It was like, well, he's territorial of his lake and the entire time he's doing something, he's surrounded by water. He's on the boat. He's in Manhattan, you know, it's, it's an island, you know, so it's like that, that he was inspired by the surrounding waters. Oh, <laughs> okay. I didn't say it All and right. I don't believe it. Um, But yeah, uh, I like the idea. Okay. So this is like two movies in one for me. So the first three quarters of the movie is true. on the yacht. It's graduation. Apparently what a treat. I mean, honestly, but um. Yeah, it's a full on. This is a ship, though. This is a full like. Yeah, it's a it's supposed to be a yacht, but I feel like it is a 100 percent. They have a captain. I mean, not like yachts don't have captains or big boats don't have captains, but this thing is humongous Mm -hmm. Uh, called the Lazarus, right? Lazarus. Pandemonium. Paleontology. Panama. Panama. The Lazarus Lazarus Panama. Panama. That's what it is. All righty. yeah, and like thinking about have you if you've been on a ship, if you've been on a yacht, either way, very close quarters, very small uh spaces. So meeting Jason in those areas can be very terrifying. What this movie kind of does is it hits the steam room a lot, which reminds me of the boiler room, which reminds me of Nightmare in Elm Street. Oh. Uh, which a lot of times and I think in these three, four next movies, there's a lot of moments where I'm like, Oh, you guys wanted Freddy so bad that you're like gonna put jason in these elements just to show what it could look like yeah yeah they go to new york where new york is synonymous for you know it's pizza shops freddie has a pizza face yeah i see it (laughs) sure wait no (laughs) (laughs) um i do want to say something about that that you just brought up about close quarters and how terrifying that is i do remember okay this was very much one of the ones that was you know on the up all nights on the horathons whenever there was a Friday 13th marathon, whatever the case may be, I remember seeing this movie a lot, but not the majority of the movie stuck in my mind. Like it didn't imprint on me. There are two Mm. moments that imprint on me in this movie that I'm like, I just remember always just there in my mind. When we start the movie with those, with that couple who's on the yacht, the guy gets killed pretty quickly the girl starts to try and evade Jason. She's not really, ha- she doesn't really have a lot of places to go. As Lance mentioned, it's close quarters, but they're on a mini yacht, mini yacht compared to the Lazarus. And she finds herself kind of like trying to hide in like, it's like usually where you stock like life jackets, life jackets, yeah. or like if it's, if it's like the fishing compartment where you're throwing all your fish, she just gets in there and hides. And I remember thinking, okay, what would I do if Jason was after me as a kid? I remember thinking, I would hide and I would hide in a spot. He wouldn't know where to find me. So maybe she was thinking that, well, he finds her. And when he decides, when he decides, it was already a decision. He's going to kill her. Right. But when he starts and he has a, um, it's like a little mini harpoon. When he starts to go 
in for the kill. Oh, yeah. She's doing this thing like, well, she can't escape. She's just in this little compartment. It was all, it was either she was going to, you know, hide from him forever or he was going to get her. Well, he gets her. And it's just this slow sort of approach with the harpoon. Yeah. And it's like, it made me feel terrible. Like, that's what it feels like when you have no place to go mm-hmm. and he's not, you know, he's not going to let up. Yeah. He's just going to keep going until he kills her. And he does. So yeah. I remember that moment of being like, he's going to get you. Maybe it was the Alice Cooper song still playing in my head. I, there is a song attached to this at the end about like Jason getting you. He's going to get you that. I remember that. Yeah, that was an interesting point because I thought the same during that. I was like, do you jump in the water? But like, she doesn't technically really know what's going on. She just now heard the story of Jason Voorhees. Her right. boyfriend just told her. And then the asshole scared her. Well, yeah. And like with a fit as a fake Jason with the mask, with a fake knife and like pretending to stab her. So she just now heard the lore. So now that's in her head. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. She could jump off the boat and there's somebody else waiting for her. She doesn't know. So it's totally true. I scare, I scare my wife all the time at home, like all the time. Like we watch a movie and I scare her and she's like, don't do that. Okay. So then the scare's over. The night, the terror is gone because I've, I've got the scare and it's over. Right. And then imagine that then the real terror presents itself. Right. How would you react in that moment yeah. if, you know, you're the person who's, um, who just got, you know, scared, yeah, essentially. It's, it's so. the boy they call, or cried wolf, right? Exactly. Like just exactly. are sure. Um. <clears throat> Mentioning my wife, I do have to give a special shout out to her for the fact that <laughs> this is her favorite Friday the 13th film in the franchise. The whole franchise? The whole franchise. Favorite. Manhattan is her favorite. She's not like uh, me in the sense of she, you know, we like a certain, we both love horror, obviously, and we both, you know, like a lot of the same aspects of horror. Yeah. But she didn't grow up with the Fridays. I grew up with the Fridays. So she's coming in later and she's like, oh, this is, they are all ridiculous in her opinion. Yeah. And there's a love for that. But she, Loves how ultra ridiculous this one is. So uh, it's something that I've said about Jason is you can stylize the hell out of him. Those are my favorite movies mm-hmm. in three. It's literally 3D. And that's where he gets his mask and his identity in six. It's that gothic horror that you mm-hmm. kind of mentioned. It's very stylized. This one is very stylized. Like I said, it's just two different movies in one. But once he gets to New York, I love this movie, you know, and he's very creative on the boat or the ship. Um, I think even the the creator, the director and writer of this was like, we've seen enough of the machete. Uh, I think everyone's kind of said this at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't get that many machete kills, did we? No, no, Up honestly. Up until this point. Uh, even, aunt, look, bullshit, by the way. I call bullshit because in the previous one, in Friday the 13th, The New Blood, he kills with a freaking party favor. Right. And a weed whacker and, an, and a, a spot. No. Now, we have not seen enough of the machete. I call bullshit. Well, I think that filmmaker as well. Uh, we just kind of talked about that movie. I think even he said, like, we've seen too much of the machete. It's time mm-hmm. to get creative. They kind of said the same thing with this one. I'm like, he's not like the machete is not synonymous with Jason. And the actual like image that I have in my head of Jason, he's in the video game and all this was the axe, the axe over the head. The axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's zombie Jason. I mean, like the original humanoid Jason, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I think humanoid is going to be my new favorite uh, way to describe him. Yeah. Because uh, up to this point, yeah. you can, 
refer to Jason in the beginning as a human for sure. But I mean, he's a humanoid at this point. He's like zombie. Okay. Let's just talk a little bit more uh, about the appearance. He, Jason had his spine and his jawline and a lot of like deteriorating aspects of him in the previous installment. And one of the obvious things that we remember from the new blood is that Carrie, sorry, uh, Tina was able to destroy his mask, so he needed a new one. Yeah. So we get he gets a new one in the opening uh, scene because, well, that's what the little douchebag who has the yacht is <laughs> uh, brings, so he could scare his uh, girlfriend. So Jason has a new mask, and you know what? Quite frankly, thank God because it covers yeah. a lot of his face. Right. The black screens are back. Mm-hmm. Lance, I don't know if you've noticed in the HD version of this movie, the black screens are not only back, but they are so much when they do flashes and uh, lightning bolts and things of that nature, you can see Kane's eyes. Yeah. And that's just it's bad for business. You can see the glimmer. Yeah. yeah, you can see his real eyes. You can see Kane Hodder's real eyes, yeah. and that's not what you're supposed to see under the mask. If anything, you need to see a, a, a you know sloth kind of like situation where it's like one eye, if anything. But so that's that. And then uh, Jason is like an all black. So basically the way Lance and I dress on a daily and um, <laughs> he's still very zombified and he is dripping with goo. What? Why am I dripping with goo? <laughs> Do you know where that's from? I don't want to guess and be wrong. Ghostbusters 2. Okay. At the end, Janusz. That's why am I dripping with goo, which takes place in New York. Oh, my gosh. That's all connected. What year was that? Oh, my God. Well, it was Ghostbusters 2. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I know it was, uh, well, the first one was 84. And so after that. But, <laughs> um, so, again, it's still a Friday the 13th film. It's still a situation where you got to introduce. Oh, or, my God. It was 1989. <laughs> so here we are. Goo was apparently on a surplus. Oh, my God. Goo was on a surplus. always like, wet and, is, and shiny yeah, in this movie. He is dripping with goo. My one complaint. Where the fuck did he get the gloves? He didn't mm-hmm. have the gloves in the last movie. No, he didn't. And as soon as he's resurrected and comes up on the yacht, yeah. we're still in the beginning scene. We need to get past this. But he oh, has we gloves. Will. Well, we will. In this movie, he has gloves. He has massive forearms, too. In this oh, movie. Yeah, like Kane was like, all right, um, apparently I didn't hit my uh, upper body too much <laughs> for the last installment. So I'm going to need to up my reps, baby. Yes. Uh, Frank, Kane Hodder does not need to do any more upper body you know training for his depiction of Jason Voorhees he was quite intimidating and formidable as it already was however uh he's noticeably larger yeah i could see it in the pecs for sure but you could also see that it's a little bit more like a, like cleanly attached to his chest uh the shimmer also like adds like it'll define a lot more oh, of yeah. you. so like god damn jason you've been doing push-ups underwater yeah. see it's resistance training ah that's what it is cool yeah. <laughs> right yeah he's trying to lift that deck off his head the whole time and yeah because when you see him being re- yeah we are still in the opening when you see him being <laughs> resurrected his hand is sticking up it almost looks like when you leave the toys and you had like a you know a gi joe and it's like where's my gi joe oh there it is because the hand is sticking up straight in the air uh but uh, yeah, 
dripping with goo in full black, but like little bits and pieces are missing. So you still see that there is a zombified version of Jason. I want to think that the reason for the gloves was maybe Kane saying, you're not going to put this bullshit on my hands anymore, dude. But they put it on his forearms. I thought the same thing. And then his forearms are totally exposed, which are all made up. So I was like, oh, well. So let's also talk about the aspect of this fun freaking cruise. Take Jason out of the cruise. What a fun cruise, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got a full on disco room. You got uh, one of your um, co student, co seniors is a rock artist who's got her freaking metal shredding guitar and you know there's a filmographer there's a girl who's apparently playing fast and loose all the criteria of what you want in the counselors slash party goers oh, don't, for, don't forget about our undefeated boxer julius i was gonna set him up for you man that's your boy i love julius so much it's so random like i didn't have boxing at my school but mm. like the fact that they set him up like He's undefeated, you know. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Julius is a real fucking badass. You know, like if we built our ultimate Friday the Thirteenth, Julius would be one of my top picks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, adult Tommy, Julius, because yes. like, I, I just need to circle back real quick. The balls we did, we did talk about it, but the balls on Adult Tommy. Oh yeah. To you're like, yeah, my plan is to put this chain over Jason's head. What's the problem? <laughs> right. Like, no, do it from a distance or something. <laughs> you're yeah. too close. So yeah. Adult Tommy, I say Julius. Um, well, you got a Thirteen. She's got the telekinesis, right? Uh, not Rob. He got the business. <laughs> he did, man. I would say uh, Trish and Chris and Alice oh, and Ginny. I- wow. Okay. So why don't we just what? everybody? How's that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think Chris is my final girl, but anyway, that's for another kind of episode. And I have or some something. for after this, but I'm not going to mention them because we haven't got there yet. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> yes, very diverse high school class. But my thing is, this is a graduation, mm-hmm. and one of our characters is still giving a biology report to graduate. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Leeway to you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this movie, um, you know, it takes some, takes some topics and decides to you know like kind of talk about them a little bit about like okay so so when i mean topics i mean uncomfortable topics uh child abuse uh traumatic moments uh bullying and what we see with this biology moment an indecent relationship between teacher and student or at least attempt at that so just to paint this really quick, folks, there are a lot of students on this cruise <laughs> that uh, have obviously deeper relationships with the people involved, right? right. It's not just students and that's it. You have a, uh, well, essentially is going to be set up to be our main character, our final girl, Rennie, who is attached to the head chaperone by way of he, she is his niece. That is her uncle, Charles McCullough, who is in the running for biggest a douchebag of all time. Uh, he's just one of those chaperones, older men who's going to be like, there will be no fun. Right. There will be no nonsense. And then if there is nonsense, there will be no fun with that nonsense. <laughs> nice. So, Nicely done. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's a love interest as well. So, so 
all that to say is like there's a lot of other issues here, but what Lance was referring to with uh, the biology experiment is that, um, and I forget her name right now, the uh, the forward students and ends up being sort of like she's uh, she's taking over the Melissa character from uh, Friday the previous Friday that we just talked about the new blood. Anyway, this indecent student makes her way into Charles McCulloch's Charles is quarters and is in scantily clad lingerie and has drawn on herself some biology anatomy situations where she's <laughs> got the digestive tract painted on herself. It is all a ruse. It is all a coup to get Charles essentially in hot water by throwing herself at him and then trying to record it with the very impressionable. It's almost like identical between Melissa and I forget the, the, uh, movie fanatic from the new blood uh it's it's carbon copy yeah. you have a sort of misunderstood nerdy character who's being pressured and impressioned upon by the popular hot girl to film this whole situation and try and catch charles in hot water um yeah so right after that attempt uh this character meets her end but yeah uh you don't really yeah i didn't really expect to see that how's that yeah, I, there's a lot of uh, it's the onion, right? You keep peeling back, and there's like random layers. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, so there's I, we got some child trauma. We got we got some um, some love interest. We got some a uh, uh, kid rebuking. Let's let's we forget this. There is a son of the captain who the captain wants the son to go into the family business of being a captain. And he's like, I don't want to do that. So many layers of just like innocuous sort of, yeah. you know, tangents here. Oh, yeah. that's the. You know, that's it. I Rennie Rennie's character keeps seeing visions of Jason, and that's what I'm like, wait, I, I know that she's kind of seen him before. She had some sort of trauma when mm-hmm. she was pushed oh. over uh, a little mini boat in so, order to learn how to swim. It's the old school method. So folks, when we talk about other elements and other aspects of uh just uh awful topics. When we talk about child trauma, when you talk about child trauma, oh my God, uh, apparently Rennie and Charles, when Rennie was younger, Charles was like, oh, you want to learn how to swim? I'll teach you how to swim. I'm going to take you on a boat in Cap Crystal Lake and I'm going to throw you over. Right. You want to swim? Sink or swim sort of thing. Well, it is believed because she's got these like visions that she keeps on happening. Another like traumatic experience as a kid, sort of like Tina. A lot of this is you could see the layers of what was supposed to be a continuation of the previous film, which right. was the intention. Yeah. And, uh, and that is the mirror of it. Tina being, you know, having that traumatic experience as a kid when she drowned her father. And so now we have Rennie being thrown over the little boat by her uncle, her terrible fucking uncle who threw over the boat so that she could learn to swim. And while she was trying to swim and she was essentially drowning, she was being grabbed by the foot by a boy jason uh yeah i guess i'm, I'm like going through the timeline I'm like, i guess that matches up time the child jason the child rennie okay it makes sense charles is old as shit so maybe i guess <laughs> I, again it's like i guess it makes sense again we have another connection to jason somebody that's had i kind of like that it's not i don't think on purpose but when you think about it it's like jason's always a legend 
So the fact that people have had run-ins or they think they've had run-ins and then they're having another one. Um, anyway, there, there's iconic moments to this movie. Well, think about this, Lance, for, 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 for a little bit. You have this situation where the movie came out one year, came out one year after the last one. Right. So you know for real the timeline to scrap together a movie, get the script in order, and with the other script being thrown, the original script rather, being thrown out the window, mm-hmm. they're trying to string a bunch of shit together and seeing what sticks. So yeah, I'm thinking that nobody at this point with this cash cow is thinking about how the timeline or the years add up. And that's a travesty because I appreciate the attempt to mm-hmm. make the, it is actually more important. We actually have a connection between the main character and Jason when he was a boy. Right. But eh, not probably the sharpest connection but there. Yeah. Uh, but again, like watching movie to movie, if you do in the marathon of it, you start to realize everybody's had this like trauma and, it's like something they could have so played on. It's a good point that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but something that they could have really played on. Maybe the future of Friday the 13th and Jason, once these rights are combined, could kind of play on is like, oh, I had an experience once with them, I swear. And then you have it again. And, and the trauma that you have to kind of sure. ex- re-experience and, and bring back to the table with all your friends and family. And um, it's something cool that they accidentally did, I think, and all these connections to Jason and these past stories with an interaction with the little boy in the lake. I agree. I think that there was at least an attempt. So I appreciate that mm-hmm. as far as where we go after this. Maybe some of the attempts were a little bit more sharpened yeah. rather than others. But Lance mentioned earlier, folks, about how he does see this movie in two parts and quite frankly you got to it, yeah. it, there's no other way around it so a large part of the movie takes place on the ship which was a lot of fans's critique because you can't call something jason takes manhattan and build it as something that's going to take place in manhattan a lot where most of it takes place on a ship but let's talk about the ship on the Lazarus, these kids are getting chopped up, killed one by one by one. God, that is very specific of a deep cut. That is from actually, I think, the Evil Dead remake. Where, uh, oh, we're going to actually have an Evil Dead tie-in pretty oh, soon, yeah, as a matter are. of fact. Uh, but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> so all, pretty much all, pretty much all folks that were on the ship die. Um, but, um, our main characters are surviving and have, uh, pretty much escaped the ship, uh, before it had, it has made land with, or, uh, yeah, docked at New York. So we have Charles and Rennie and Julius and the dog and, you know, other folks. But the point is, is that as they're exiting the Lazarus, they look, they're in the lifeboat, right? Are they going to be a so- seated exhorted to class? Um, I have a child. So they make their way very briskly, by the way, all the <laughs> right. way to Manhattan. And while they uh, just kind of park their little rowboat at the fishing port, <laughs> I'm just saying this is like, as they're leaving, though, before that, 
they see Jason with the axe, just looking at him from above and being like, oh, y'all are leaving? I thought we were having fun. <laughs> and then you don't see Jason yeah. until, and they make a point to show you that it took a while. Honestly, they do make a point to say, suggest that it takes a while because they start rowing and it's kind of like, they go through the daytime fog yeah, and, and, yeah. and they're like, there's the city. And All then right. they're rowing and the city's still very fucking far when they by the time they see the skyline yeah or the, sky and the coast guard doesn't exist so no 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 coast guard it's uh cheech marine and he's like well better late than never that's another ghostbusters <laughs> God, reference <laughs> sorry 89 baby yeah <laughs> so they get there and you think they escaped jason we didn't see jason there's no way he's going to just get to manhattan <clears throat> Oh, contraire, mon frere. <laughs> he does immediately. <laughs> he sure the fuck does get to Manhattan. As soon as they get off the boat, he just is there as well. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you, it's left up for your imagination, I guess. Some folks think that he's rapidly swimming. Others think that he's just holding on to the rowboat at the bottom. Sure. Whatever. I don't care at this point. <laughs> it honestly doesn't. It's Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> Who cares? So dude? we finally get Jason and oh man. Okay. All right. Go with me for a little bit, folks. Go with me on this little journey. Okay. I'm going to take a sip of whiskey. Hold on. <laughs> so leading up to this, there was a lot of great marketing. As we know, oh, yeah. Jason uh, was, if you see the poster that you see there's jason uh kind of peering over the sky line skyscrape <laughs> uh with his knife and it's like jason takes my hand there was an original idea of jason uh slashing through the i heart new york uh poster which the new york travel commission said uh-uh we ain't doing that this actually happened this was actually a like pre-ad uh -huh. they were still in production the ad actually happened and new york came through and sued paramount for this because yep. you're painting new york as this bad place right it's suggesting that oh whatever happens at camp crystal lake happens in new york and you know okay fine they don't get the poster oh they didn't pull any punches with what they made New York look like. Oh, yeah. Uh, immediately, once they get off, of course, once they get off their rowboat, as Danny put it, <laughs> uh, and they want to separate, <laughs> you know, but uh, Remy gets, what, kidnapped, gets taken right in front of the group by two thugs so of New York. Still staying with the, from previous, from the New Blood, Still staying with that, that there is overall villain, Jason. Then there are sub-villains. Yes. And then this one, we have Charles. And then a sub-sub-villain are the two... Thugs. Thugs. I thugs mean, drug, drug... Punk, thug. Yeah. Drug thugs, honestly. Drug thugs, yes. And I don't say just because they're thugs means they do drugs, but hugs, not drugs, folks. There's an establishing shot of one of these thugs, I think, in the beginning, doing, like, literally injecting themselves in a dark dirty alley right. with what we assume would be drugs. I'll say drugs. Just and in general. Also, when these thugs kidnap Rennie, oh, it is hard to watch, I'm gonna be honest with you, because 
They show them take her away from the group and they have a gun so nobody can do anything. And then piece of shit Charles doesn't even let Julius, the freaking gold glove champ, eventually. Yeah. If he would have survived. Julius uh, probably would have been a gold glove champ. But Julius wanted to go save her and Charles was like, no, 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 we can't get involved. They'll kill her. They'll kill her. Shut the fuck up, Charles. No, you gotta you do piece something, of shit. Like- Dude, I will... Woo. So Charles just lets these people take Rennie. They take her to an alley and they find this like sofa and it is the same sofa where Howard the Duck falls on. <laughs> is that another 89 movie too? Oh my God. <laughs> I think I had the same sofa when I was growing up. The point is, <laughs> you see the shot, and they are, uh, it's two men, and they're holding this woman down, and it is very uncomfortable, and then they have a needle, and it is filled with presumably drugs, and the needle is going straight to the vein, and you think someone's going to intercept, someone's going to save Renny, and no, the needle goes into her vein, fully injects her with the drugs, and she's not being saved and you're like oh damn yeah they're doing this shit okay so this movie doesn't give one shit about anything that it wants to talk so eventually jason shows up he's the hero he is the hero and here we go again you're making jason into a cool route for character which at this point fuck it right seriously like and that's why i think the movie gets so fun in the new york scenes because you just constantly root for him there's just kind of these like meta jokes right throughout the whole new york sequence where you're like oh fuck yeah i like jason yeah who cares screw what new york actually thought about the poster yeah the filmmakers were like oh cool we're gonna get you speaking of posters he actually sees the the advertisement poster for the very mask the hockey mask that he's wearing yes (laughs) and Uh, it's again a meta moment because he looks straight at the camera he looks at the poster you see him react he does like a head tilt he's like what the fuck am i looking at oh my god and then he turns to the camera where you see the shot of the poster and he's looking at the camera he's like did y'all do this yes (laughs) i get that feeling from him where he's like y'all did this didn't you it's not funny it's not funny he's like the quiet he's like the silent he's the actual silent deadpool he just Mm -hmm. totally breaks the fourth wall in this moment and stares at you as the audience member like and that's exact that's you're so right, Lance. Honestly, it gets so much more fun when they are actually in New York. And yeah. if you can't, I'm not, I'm doing air quotes, folks, because a lot of stuff is presumed to be New York and it was shot in Vancouver. Right. But like there is full on 100% New York shots, uh, Times Square. Yep. And I think it's just Times Square, right? Mm, and maybe I the subway. So. I, the subway might have been in New York. For right? sure. For sure. Times Square is where you actually get new york and yeah kane hodder has talked about in numerous interviews about how the most fun he has had as jason was when he got to walk around on in times square because they can't shut that shit down no they can kind of you know ward it off or whatever and put like only extras are here and such like that but like the rest of the folks can just look over and when he showed up and he's just walking through and he's jason everyone knows jason as some folks have put it jason and freddie are as popular as reagan at this point Mm -hmm. you know they're like everyone knows who the fuck this is yeah pop culture we've kind of talked about that freddie made it really popular jason was in that that same stream so um what what happened actually during that it was Kane Hunter actually stayed in full character. Yes. 
uh, to the the fans of New York that were just like watching the production the whole time. He actually did the head tilt and all that kind of stuff. Um, stayed in full Jason character in the movie. What I love about Kane Hodder's portrayal is he's just like, Ooh, New York. Like, yeah. He has a total surprise. Like, what is this? I've never seen neon lights and TVs and all this kind of stuff. Before. When you finally see him uh, take in times square, he does have that moment where he's like, what the fuck? I, I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. The mind of a child. Ex- yes, exactly. Um, yeah. It is also when we are in New York later on that we get the full backstory of what Charles did to Rennie when she was uh, a child and mm. that stuff. But <sighs> got to talk about it, Lance. Got to talk about your boy, Julius. Julius. It's that most iconic I believe it's one of the most. Absolutely. It's definitely what you remember from this movie. One of the main things. Yep. Um, It was supposed to happen in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. It did not happen in Madison Square Garden. Uh, No. Several scenes were supposed to happen throughout New York. Supposed to. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. The Brooklyn Bridge, all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. Budget cuts. Um, There is an amazing showdown between Julius, the Golden Glove boxer, high school champ himself. And Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. on top of a random building that Julius climbed on top of. So, so Julius, being the badass that he is, was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go save Rennie." So he went to go look look for her in the alley, and he finds that Rennie has been pseudo saved, but stumbles upon Jason. And Julius is like, "Oh shit! Let's let me that still be the hero and pull Jason away." So. Julius tries to escape Jason, goes up into this random top of the building, and then, oh, there's Jason. It's funny that I just thought of the prelude to this was uh, on the actual ship way back. Uh, Julius is kind of leading the charge, like, let's go get this motherfucker. Yep. And gives like finds all the weapons on the ship. There's Hell yeah. a gun, there's a axe, there's a probably a machete, go figure. Spear, I think. Uh, yeah, he has this moment where he's like, I'm going to use nothing. And he holds up his fist, and then he kind of looks down, <laughs> grabs the gun. But this gun. <laughs> but now <laughs> the gun goes off the ship with Julius at some point. And now he's back, and all he has is his fist, and he's going to take on Jason. The gold glove high school champ, the Mr. Undefeated from high school, is going to take on Jason. They definitely set that up in the beginning. You don't just make a boxing badass to just have him... <laughs> Not fight Man. Jason, dude. I love him so much. His jumpsuit, everything about everything. Julius. I'm like, he's perfect. And the dude went down swinging, to pun intended, and he did not compromise. Uh, what his character was, he's like, I ain't gonna. I ain't going to be a pussy, man. No. I'm going to, I'm a fighter. I'm a fight. So he does. He tries fighting Jason, and Jason's, you know, giving giving him an inch, giving him an inch, every punch that Julius lands, but it's very obvious that Julius is exerting a lot of energy. Oh, yeah, he's running Pun- out of steam. Yeah, punching him. Uh, it's a pretty lengthy uh, roof there, man. Yeah. I feel like he punched him like 100 yards. I think Kane Hodder ended up saying it was like 86 punches. Yeah, so Julius is an actor. I don't know how much of that is was stunt coordinated, but also these old stunt guys, man, they're just like, hit me, dude. So uh, have you have you heard this interview with Kane Otter? Basically, he said all the long shots are the stunt double. So it's these really oh, okay. nice dramatic shots. 
he said that he thinks that the stunt guy knew how to hold his punches better because Julius was really landing these punches. Oh boy. And they hurt a lot more than the other stunt guy. And he's like, man, I felt like I got my ass kicked at the end of this fight. It's his favorite actual kill from this was Kane Hodge yeah. as Jason. It's a great friggin' kill, folks. And Lance is right when he says that, like, this is one of the things that you remember so much about uh, Manhattan is that Julius is going to stand his ground, punch, 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 and he's driving Jason back. And as a as a audience member, you're watching and you're thinking, oh, shit, he's, if he just keeps punching, he's going to get Jason. He's going to punch Jason off of the yeah. roof. So as he keeps punching, Jason's going back and back and they get to towards the end and Jason stops giving in. And it's all oh, man. I love that scene because you are rooting for Julius the whole time and he's punching. And when Jason gets to the point where he's like, all right, this is where I have to stop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I and gave he, him a bit. Yeah. And Julius is punching and Jason isn't selling at all. He's like, nah, man, yeah. this is it. And Julius with his bloody knuckles. Cause he's been like, you know, punching up a hockey mask, essentially. Yeah. Just kind of is defeated and gives the line to Jason and says, give me your best shot, motherfucker. And Jason says, I will. <laughs> yep. grabs him by the the jacket the uh the jumper yeah says all right here it is rares back and knocks his fucking block off knocks his block off so much that we hadn't seen a punch that fantastic since a year before when tiny from killer clowns from outer space knocked that biker's uh, block <laughs> off right into the trash can <laughs> uh so there goes julius and uh, what a scene! What a what a what a cool character that, you know, not a lot of super depth. Didn't need it. Just just a person you knew where he stood and you knew what he was gonna do. He was gonna fight. And it's interesting how much how little scene time he had, but he did so much more than our previous cast. You know what I mean? Right. Like he stands out. He gives just enough. We know who yep. he is and what he did. He gave us a memorable death. His head goes rolling off the roof into a dumpster in the alley <laughs> and then later gets placed as a jump scare in the uh, cop car yeah and think about that like jason went all the way back down i was like you know what that was a good one i'm gonna grab his head out of the dumpster yeah. i'm gonna use it later yeah. i don't know where but i'm gonna use it later so lance that is your uh and mine i i, I think one of our um, the memorable we agree on a memorable kill from this movie right I think I've talked to you about this probably off pod, off pod. That's my new thing. Uh, about another kill in this movie. Which one? Charles's. Oof. And I just realized that I need to actually uh, just get through this really quick because I don't want to be talking about Charles uh, <laughs> because there's a other Charles in my life that I love very much. So the terrible uncle sees Jason in the alleyway and. It is another one. So the girl escaping in the beginning, mm -hmm. trying to escape in the beginning. And this other one are the ones that are like lodged into my brain because again, and it wasn't even Jason. I'm sorry. It wasn't even Kane Hodder in Jason lives who does. And I talked about the violence of the stunt coordinating. Right. Jason takes the piece of shit. Uncle grabs him. Holds him up upside down. And another thing about making New York just be vile. There's just a random barrel filled with 
bullshit just <laughs> bile and talk it feels like it's toxic waste but it doesn't have to be it honestly it's, doesn't have to it's be it's got just a water. green glow to it it's not glowing it's got a green tint it's like antifreeze there you go it's in like water a, in a bucket and, of yeah. water kind of thing yeah and jason apparently just was like oh dang good looks thank you for meeting me here <laughs> i'm going to drown you in this barrel of liquid and it's not just the drowning because okay you hear oh he drowned him big big whoop no he holds this terrible ass upside down puts him in the barrel and okay so if you're jason you're holding someone in the barrel and you have you're holding them by both legs both legs are essentially splitting the difference between your head and what kane hotter and i guess the stunt person who is being the uncle at this point coordinated is that they were going to be submerged and he's just violently mm. violently just thrashing this dude back and forth and it's it's that is full-on Kane's signature just yeah. being that controlled but yet aggressive performance that is it gives me so many chills Lance because it's like oh there is ultra violence to this kill yeah there yeah. is ultra violence to it no no escape from it you know what i mean like just put yourself in the shoes of that person of the right. victim and yep. there's no escape you're dying aggressively and it's going to be quick yes woof. horrible jur woof jur woof uh a lot of great moments in this uh movie as far as like iconic shots yes they do some stuff in uh Times Square where, you know, you get the moment, you get the, you get the moment. Of course, they're on the subway and it's like, all right, if we're going to film anything and like try to say like, this is New York, what do people always complain about? Oh, all the people in Times Square and the subways. Oh, am I right? Right. But the cool thing is the Times Square one. Yeah. It's just punks. It's the punks. The punks. The New listen, York punks. They're just listening to tunes on their boombox. And Jason's like, I don't give a fuck what you're listening to. Walks by, kicks the shit out of the boombox. The punks get up and they're just, they are so much the punks that would get recruited by the Foot Clan. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> what a fucking tie in. Thank you, Danny. You bought they in. They are so much that style. One of them has a switchblade. It's like, you want what? I forget what he says, but he's like, what the fuck? Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and Jason, again, oh my God, the hilariousness of him just being like, all right, I know all you motherfuckers here don't know what's up. Yeah. So I'm going to show you what you're dealing with. Don't step to me. Jason turns around, takes his mask off, and shows them all what he looks like. Yeah. We as the audience don't see that. I just need to talk about that for two <laughs> seconds, Lance. Jason decides in that moment, or at least in that moment, says, I know what I look like. <laughs> I, know. I know I look this bad. And y'all are going to see it and be affected by it. So when he shows them what he looks like, they run away. They yeah. run away. They're like, you know what? My bad. Actually, <laughs> right. I, I'm good. You got enough problems. We're not going to be another one. Exactly. Right. It's kind of like what, um, uh, gosh, I'm, it's not chilly. It's one of the, it's the head biker in part three. All right. When he jumps down and he's going to fight Jason and he see well, Jason doesn't have a mask and he sees him. And he's like, shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm doing it's, this. Yeah. It's that moment. Like, yep. nah, man, if you, if you're walking around and you look like that, I'm done. 
I like the other, there's another scene we're just talking about like little mini scenes, especially in New York, is the scene with the waiter coming from behind. There's he kind of ends up in this restaurant. Jason ends up in this restaurant. Yep. And it's the cliche, like big dude in the back, the big cook in the back, who's actually a little taller than Kane Hodder in this scene. Comes lumbering out, like, oh, I gotta take care of another piece of trash out of the restaurant, <laughs> tries to throw Jason out. And Kane Hodder, Jason grabs this dude who's actually bigger than him and just tosses him over the bar into the the mirror behind the bar it was so funny to me of this just like kind of cliche character and playing on it Mm -hmm. jason's like nope i'm not dealing with you either you know not a confirmed kill by the way do you know who that was who was that i knew it was somebody it had to have been how big he is that is i know his last name but i might mess up the first name ken kersinger Oh, it is. Do you know who that is? The next Jason. That is it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't Jay- know he was a part of this. Well, one. not the next Jason. The, the Jason. Freddy versus Jason. Jason. Yes. The next Jason is still Kane two more times. I know. I'm saying the next one after Kane. But yes. yes that's oh, Yes. I knew that he was a stunt coordinator on another Friday movie. Also, um, 13 Ghosts. Hey, well, now. Uh, <laughs> hey, go uh, watch that episode. Uh, go <laughs> listen to 13 Ghosts after this. <laughs> uh, one of our favorite episodes. Uh, that was another like funny episode to me, or a funny uh, scene yeah. in, the New- in the New York era. So, And so to pretty much wrap up the movie, we have a final showdown between the heroes and Jason in the disgusting, vile, gross always having random buckets of toxic waste sewers of New York where Rennie is um, able to just find one of the toxic waste buckets, throw them on Jason, and you see a fish Jason face, apparently. Fish Jason. (laughs) That is as best as I got, man. Honestly, he just kind of looks like fish Jason. Uh, Dehydrated fish. Dehydrated, yeah. Uh, At the very very last thing you see adult Jason, essentially, and the reason I'm saying this is because, well, it means something. Uh, The last thing you see is Kane Hodder regurgitate water as the sewers are being flushed, apparently they run. They actually run into Sean and Remy Rennie run into like a tech worker. That's like at midnight, the toxic waste comes flushing through the sewers. How dangerous lie is that you liar. So that's <laughs> the, the premise of this. So they need to get out of the sewer by midnight. Well, here it comes. Jason's right on their heels. Here comes this toxic waste through the sewers of New York. Uh, where did the turtles go anyway? Um, and it washes over Jason, dehydrated fish. Jason, yep, crusty ass to deteriorate even Koopa. more. Yes, into uh huh, a child. What Jason? How in the um, wide world of sports does this little? So, my boy, what do you a half naked child, Jason? Sitting there, I guess the sewer has now run mostly dry. It's just water, not toxic waste anymore. Um, so what happened was... What happened was... Uh, Rob Hedden had basically asked, like, Hey, uh, can I kill Jason or what? And Paramount was like, whatever. We're losing... Like, we're not making money like we no. used to. You can kill him if you want. This is supposed to be the last movie for Friday the 13th. Yeah. We're kind of done with him. We're not going to get Freddy... You can kill him. They'll bring him back if they need to. Sure. So he said, 
right, cool. I'm going to kill Jason. So his artistic mind said that Jason, little boy Jason is in purgatory and his purgatory is acting out as Jason Voorhees, the masked killer. Danny's falling asleep as I say. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so hard to understand. I'm allergic to bad ideas. <laughs> How about this? Instead of Jason Voorhees melting away into his child form mm-hmm. and God knows what happens to him after that. Interesting condition, by the way. They actually shot another version where it's dehydrated fish Jason head and child nope. Jason inside of dehydrated fish Jason head trying to get out struggling and drowning inside the mouth of dehydrated Jason head and eventually I think he gets out uh, that version did not <sighs> land in the theaters but this one did and thank God because <laughs> this was already bad enough look I've always said that the best thing that any franchise can do, if you muddy the waters on the way to it, as long as you stick the landing, baby, we're going to be with you. We're going to be with you. But if everything leading up to stick the landing is great and you shit the bed at the end, then we don't forgive you. I.E. Game of Thrones. Everything was great up until the land, up until the ending. So what I'm saying here is, is that just have him wash away from the toxic waste. And it's fine. It was already ridiculous to begin with, but I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm an artist, too. I would probably do some funky shit, too, where it's like Jason exactly. rides the subway into eternity or... That's, you know, that's I don't what I'm saying. I don't know. It's like, oh, they gave me the final moment with yeah. Jason Voorhees? Well, I got to tie it all the way back to the first time we ever saw Jason um, and, the, and the little boy version of him. Oh, he's in purgatory this whole time. He didn't mean to act out. Uh, or whatever. Sure, I mean you're right. The way to go about this was just wash him away. We can bring wash him back away, and 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 it's over. Uh, but he washes away to L.A. for the next movie. <laughs> Wink. Jason takes the drought. Um, Lance, I I had a lot of fun with this movie. Honestly, man. me too. I didn't think I, I would. Time. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan is one of like the redheaded stepchild of the entire franchise. Um, to be honest, I. As in talking about it, I don't know. Maybe I have more fun with it than I did the one before it, which is the new blood. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, Lance, but I don't I don't think of it as bad as some folks are like, oh, once it gets to Manhattan, it's just over. No, no. no it's over not. after this for sure. I I actually like Manhattan quite a bit. Again, it's a stylized Jason, it's a fun Jason, and at this point, why not? Um after three, I think you could have really just had fun with them the whole time we did get a great four we did get a great six seven was um, kind of mediocre kind of mid um but i had fun with this one i like going back to this one i do like to watch this one yep so danny how many machetes do you get friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan um i was for sure i thought going to give it lower than the new blood now i'm not that sure so I'm going to give it par with the new blood for my for me. So a f- solid three machetes. Okay, I kind of feel the same. I for different reasons. I feel like the people really cared about the last mo- movie. I feel like this one was just like fun in a way. It could have been really fun if it was all Manhattan. Yep. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Nice. I don't like giving halves, but I needed it to be an edge over seven. So okay. 
I, I enjoy it. this one. I do like this one a lot. Me too, man. I watch it a lot. Uh, real cool fun fact that I learned not too long ago. Uh, at the end, when uh, pretty much the final, at least movie shot for Kane Hodder, is that adult Jason kind of throws up all that water. That mm-hmm. was actually him. He did it on command. Oh, really? Yeah, he did it on command, and he did it by being able to just drink a shitload of water before he shot it. So there you go. Very cool. Kane Hodder, more more than a stunt man. I'll say that. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Let's give it up for Kane. Oh, He's one more thing I want you want to mention, Lance. Uh, the marketing to this, of uh, the posters and all that stuff. Yeah, that was all great. But Kane Hodder's appearance on our city. Oh, Hall, that was before this. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was for this. Right. It was like, it was you know, the marketing for yeah. Manhattan. He appeared in full Jason character in on the Arsenio Hall show. And, you know, maybe that has inspired me and us for a lot of things that we do, perhaps. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. You look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Look up Deep Cuts with Danny. Yeah, on look YouTube. that up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, that's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and take your best shot, motherfucker. And join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Mother? Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to Facebook.com slash Dead Candy Fix. That's D-E-D, Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.